All right, what's happening? Good morning, Wrestling Nation, Ward Wrestling Live. Uh, we're here with a uh, an absolute stud wrestler in our country. Uh, she's amazing. She's wrestling over at McKendry University, where she was the 2020 national champ for college. And she's a two-time folk style national champ, 2019 senior champ, two-time Fargo champ, two-time Washington state champ, Washington state state champ. <laughs> <laughs> say that fast a couple times but among yeah. other things I read that you've done you you kicked ass at the Pan Ams the cadets the juniors so there's a whole list look her up on track you'll see where uh where she's done uh, some amazing things but her name is Emma Bruntill and she's from a town of 250 people so that's pretty dope hey what's happening how are you thank you so much for coming on man it's an absolute honor to have you and uh, yeah. I just really appreciate you taking the time to to get away and sit down and hang out with me. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. Um, I, I try to make it a, uh, I try to make it a point to reach out to a lot of women in wrestling and girls in wrestling because uh, obviously you matter and and the sport is growing and you're in 20 sanctioned 27 states now. And as you said, you went from NWWC college McKendry University and now the NCAA has stepped in and taken over so that's a huge step so um moving in the right direction the first thing I'd like to ask is uh, how how has your offseason been affected by by what's going on and what have you been doing to keep your mind right and, I mean everything I've read says that you're real good at mindset but what have you done to kind of keep yourself just ready and moving forward and prepared yeah, well, luckily, um, I've had pretty good access to training, so I really haven't been off the mat um, that much. I think initially after quarantine hit, um, I came back to Washington and I was training with um, my friend Cameron Guerin down in Yakima, so the other side of the state. So I was down there for about a month. Um, and then after that, I got a set up. Uh, oh, sorry, I think my door slammed, but a set up at home. Um, so I have a mat and everything, and I train with um, my college teammate, and she also um, went to the same club coming up through high school, but Brenda Reyna, so she also goes to McKendry, and uh, we have a few other high school guys that we went to um, all up through high school in the same club under Andy Cook with, so we all train, and then, you know, on the weekends, um, I'm down at Andy's place, um, you know, learning as much as I can, and, and now I kind of look at it as, like, it's the really kind of the time to make the improvements, because when you're, you're getting ready to compete all the time, it's more about, like, sharpening your skills and not necessarily, like, adding new ones. So I've really been trying to, to take, you know, all the problems I had during the season or, okay, this is what I got scored on with and really actually like make some solid improvement there instead of just kind of sharpening the toolbox. Um, so it's been good. I had to have a little surgery, um, which is no big deal. So I'm already, already back on the mat from that, but I'm about three weeks post-op. So I had to take about a week and a half off. Um, but yeah, just keeping my mind sharp, um, a lot of visualization, a lot of um, just trying to learn as much as I can. That's awesome. Well, good for you. What was the, um, I know I hear from a lot of uh, young ladies that I've had on um, that, that are wrestling in college now. And um, what was the, what was the big difference or the, or the big transition from going from high school wrestler to college wrestler? Yeah, for me, I definitely had a different experience because I took a gray shirt and I wrestled a, at the Olympic training center. Unfortunately, I had to have Tommy John surgery that year, so I was definitely out for a lot of it, but I still, um, you know, I'd been around for my senior year of high school. I left uh, high school a little early, and then 
you know, I left that summer um, right before school started. Um, so I was just used to wrestling with really, really good girls. So I think for me, the transition to college was pretty seamless because when you're at the Olympic Training Center, like everybody works hard, everybody does extra, you know, everybody's doing the right things and you're around girls like, you know, Sarah Hildebrandt went and won her world silver and, you know, you have Adeline winning world titles. So it's kind of hard not to, not to do the right things when you're around um, people that constantly do that. So I think I feel pretty lucky to have that experience because it really taught me, um, you know, what it takes to be the best at this sport and, you know, how much I still have to go. Um, but it was pretty seamless. I think the big transition was just the length of the season, you know, in high school, in Washington, we're a sanctioned state, but even then our season is only about three months long. And then, um, you know, our college season started in, you know, November, um, preseason is like first week of September. And then we don't get done, you know, originally we weren't supposed to get done till May, but, um, with Corona, you know, we finished up our season in March. So it's a pretty long season. Well, that's cool. Now, what would you tell girls now? I know what other, um, I know what, Girls have told me that we're in this position. You come from a sanctioned state, so you were blessed enough to be already wrestling girls at the youth level, so you've already been prepared and trained for girls. But there's a lot of girls out there that aren't lucky enough to be in a state that was sanctioned at the time, and they had to wrestle boys on teams and boys tournaments, and they really had to transition their wrestling style moving to college. What would you tell girls that are in the same situation to prepare to – to go from wrestling, mostly boys in college. Yeah. Um, the big thing is, oh, go ahead. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I think. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think the big thing there is um, if you're wrestling mostly boys all the time, you're probably wrestling folk style. So I would say as much freestyle as you can possibly wrestle. Cause we wrestle, you know, freestyle in college and then we wrestle, um, you know, freestyle internationally. So be ready to kiss your folk style days goodbye. I think is the good a uh, good way to put it but also um i think it's just a mentality shift i think girls that wrestle boys um from what i've heard when i talk to them it's actually kind of hard for them to wrestle girls mentally because then they're like well you know what if i lose to a girl you know because they're used to only wrestling guys so i would say you know even if you you can't wrestle guys in your regular high school season you know make sure you're getting to body bar make sure you're going to the usa development camps uh, make sure you're going to fargo and doing all those things where you will see you know, the highest level of girls competition and then just as much freestyle as you can wrestle and, and get a coach that's invested um, in your freestyle journey just as much as your folk style one. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, they also said they really had, to, you know, with the boys, the upper body is so much stronger. So they really focused on wrestling legs. And then when you mm -hmm. transition to girls, the girls legs and hips are so much stronger than their upper body. So they had to transition to adjusting to a different style so yeah not just folk style to freestyle but man uh definitely well hopefully uh 52 states will be sanctioned one day and and uh they won't have to worry about it um i i do think that still they should you know it's still it's good that girls and guys wrestle because i just think it's it keeps everybody equal but um but i, I it's nice to have your own tournament and your own team and your own dual match yeah that's that's awesome well i mean i i guess let's start let's start there what uh what made you choose mckendrick coming out of washington state we spoke about it a small little town up in acme and yeah uh, now you're over in the big city and what uh what made you choose mckendrick why there so my college recruiting experience is probably the least normal thing like ever 
Um, so I was at the OTC. I just gotten back from a camp. Um, we went to Poland and so we had a tournament in camp. Um, and then, you know, me and my friend went to Italy afterwards for a couple of days. And then I came back and, um, you know, in Poland, I was kind of dealing with my, my elbow problems still. So I had Tommy John surgery in November of 2018. Um, that surgery is normally about a year until your, your elbow feels like normal. And for me, it took about, I would say a year and a half before it really felt like kind of like the other one. And, uh, so it was definitely a long journey for that, but I was still dealing with a lot of problems. I actually re-injured it, um, in Poland. And then, you know, we had a senior, um, national team camp when we got back and then I really kind of did a number on it. So I actually had to take a six week break and, um, they thought I retore it, which would have been uh, pretty unfortunate, but luckily, um, it was just kind of a small tweak and, um, I just had to take some time off. But uh, my friends, uh, the Bronigals, they wrestled for University of Illinois. I was actually already over there um, just hanging out with them. And then um, they're pretty close with Sam. And they wrestled at McKendry, kind of all coming up through high school, popping into college practices. And they were like, hey, like, we're going to go to, you know, an open mat. You know, let's go. And um, I'd already been planning to talk to Sam because I was looking kind of for my next step. You know, I knew I needed to get a college education. And I knew, I think, just from my experience overseas, you know, after not competing for so long, I was like, you know, I need to compete more. And the OTC is super great, but it's, it's kind of meant for people who have already had that college experience and only need to compete a couple times, you know, a year, like, you know, maybe once a month. And for me, I knew that I do better when I'm just competing all the time. Um, so I talked to Sam, basically, once I got to the open mat, he didn't even know I was going to be there. Um, and I just kind of figured he would be there at didn't really look into it more than that and he was like you know what's it going to take to get you to to get you to come here and so we just kind of um looked at it like figured out all the logistics and then I came to school actually a week late um so I didn't even get to choose my classes because at, at that point it was too late to register so it was super unorthodox but um I feel really glad and then it, the season just kind of took off um from there you know my elbow was a lot better um I was still dealing with some injury problems but those kind of continue to get better as the year went on awesome and uh did you already did you already get that like traditional usa flag tattoo on the back of your shoulder it seems like that's that's the thing to do right which is cool yeah the usa yeah. one it's a big and i'm sure one day it'll happen for you oh yeah so um, let's let's talk about how you got into wrestling. That's a pretty cool story. I mean, you were you were a horse barrel racer, and you were a good one too. You were kicking ass. You were winning tournaments. I I read you won some national tournament and state tournament, and just yeah. being cool being up on a horse. And what made you decide? Well, you know what? I, I'm done dealing with horses. I want to go fight. Yeah. So I rode horses um, starting when I was about four. Uh, so it was kind of the first thing I knew. And I think a lot of stuff translated from riding horses that you wouldn't really realize, you know, like when you're riding horses, um, we would have lessons each week, which are similar to kind of a practice. And it's literally um, kind of someone telling you everything you need to fix for about an hour and a half. So I was used to like being coached and um, I was really competitive, you know, um, but all of that was just translated or funneled into horses right and then um basically I found wrestling uh my friend Nicole um I played volleyball with her uh she had an open mat after school and my mom um had to stay late at work or something like it was going to be a little bit so she was like oh why don't you come 
um, didn't really think anything of it. And then I went and after one practice, I knew I was like, you know, uh, I want to do this. And like me being really competitive, I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well be good. So I started like training, really just getting in really good shape. I mean, I was always like pretty active because of horses, but really, um, just getting in super good shape that summer. And then I started competing, um, fall of my freshman year, but like my parents, um, never wrestled. No one in my family really wrestled at all. Um, they didn't really understand it to begin with. They weren't like not about me wrestling, but they were like, come on, like, you don't want to wrestle. Like, do you don't do something else. And, uh, and they don't like cheerleading. So I was just like, you know, Hey, it's either wrestling or cheerleading, knowing that they would obviously say wrestling. And, <laughs> um, I got my way in the end, but um, yeah, I think what made me really make the transition, I still competed on horses after my freshman season that summer was my last um, competitive season. Um, but with horses, it's hard because um, you know, a lot of things you're not in control of. Like for me, um, you know, my horses were really great and, you know, I won six state titles on them. So they were good horses, but um, horses is a money game. You know, people can go and buy an $100,000 horse and, and send their horses to training, you know, every week and, and kind of have the work done for them rather than having to do the work. And for me, I'd always had to train, you know, my own horses. I had to pattern them all since I was a little kid. So it was hard seeing that, you know, you did all this work and then someone would come along and kind of buy the results, you know. So then I saw, you know, when I got into wrestling, I was like, man, you know, that's all you, like you put in the work and, and you get the results and you're not depending on a horse and you're not depending on, you know, money. So for me, that's kind of when it solidified and, and I knew that I wanted to start wrestling full time and kind of quit riding horses. I still do for fun sometimes when I'm home. Um, but yeah, that's when I knew that, you know, my future kind of lied more in wrestling. Oh yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, you can ride horses for the rest of your life, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, you can do it for a I long mean, time. two things I'd ask. First of all, usually horseback riders, male, female, whatever, mm -hmm. the lower body strength is really strong. So that had to that had to help you from uh, from that aspect. And then being being so dominant on your horse and already had that championship mentality, um, did that help you transition? And then you excelled quite quickly. Um, do you yeah. add a lot of that? Do you, do you add a lot of what you brought with you already mentally from from horseback to being able to focus and and just become so great so quick? Yeah, I think horses too. Um, it forces you to be really calm. You know, my horse is actually pretty crazy. So if you know what before you go do a run, um, your horse knows and they're they're pretty hyped up. They're like ready to go. And for me, uh, my horse actually I don't know if anyone knows what rearing is, but they rear up. Um, he would rear up, and so you know, I couldn't get excited because if he reared up and flipped over, like he can get paralyzed. So, you know, I had to be really, really calm and um, always like collected because I could never get too riled up. So I think when I went to wrestling, I was just really always good at managing my emotions, like in a match, you know, not getting um, overly like angry or overly into the match, just um, kind of putting my emotions aside and just wrestling, um, you know, technique and, and trying to score the next point. Um, I think with horses too, you know, I was used to performing in front of big crowds, so that wasn't really ever an issue. And, you know, the balance and, and the strength lower body is definitely um, helpful. I think it just teaches you kind of center of gravity. It's interesting though, because like athletically, there's some things that I'm like really good at, you know, like wrestling, I, I picked up pretty quick, um, pretty good at like spike ball, but then there's some sports where I'm just absolutely terrible. Like I'm, terrible at bowling terrible at basketball you know so it's like some things I'm like 
pretty athletic guy. And then other things you're like, man, I can't believe you can actually wrestle this good, but you're terrible at like this other yeah. sport. <laughs> you, know, you can see a lot of times why all these kids are wrestling. Cause when they're playing like catch in the, in the gym or at the club or they're playing, like, throw the football or something, you can see yeah. they're in the right spot. They're throwing skills. Are <laughs> yeah. Those are very bad, but yeah, spike ball has been fun. My, my kids actually found this thing called spike buoy and you you can order it off amazon it's just a couple bucks and you attach it to the to the legs yeah and you put a weight in the bag and it floats in the pool but the weight keeps it in one spot wow and so now they jump in the pool with it and they play spike ball in the pool yeah that's super fun so that'll be cool uh do that well i mean that, obviously that talks about why your confidence is so high and everything there that's um Unbelievable. Yeah, you can understand. I mean, being being dominant in one thing, you weren't going to allow yourself to to be affected by by losing something. You, you were going to make sure that you. And I'm sure you understood too. Yeah, I'm not going to walk into wrestling and win every match. Yeah. Right. But um, you know, like my son went 0 and 30. You know, and then yeah. and then and then he started to win a little bit. So this was his first season really having winning, and yeah. uh, ninth grade. So it was cool. I was kind of excited to see what what the off season brought, but oh well. I just yeah. tell him to lift weights and I don't know shadow wrestle. I guess they call it or whatever. But yeah, definitely. Getting stronger, I think, will definitely help him though, because he's he's really kind of a nerd. He looks at all the stuff on on <laughs> watch wrestling and understand. Yeah. Like we were looking forward to him doing freestyle for the first time this freestyle season. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think he studied it so much that if I like threw in a freestyle match, he would he would understand. He, he may get his ass kicked, but he would understand like, okay, I can't, this isn't folk style, right? Wrestling is wrestling and just do your thing, right? So Yeah, I was actually thrown into freestyle like that too, because um, we had these duels over the summer. I live right next to the Canadian border. So we would go up and duel kind of the girls. They now all go to SFU, which is funny because we keep compete against them. But uh, there's a club up there. Um, called coast so we would go to this festival and do duel them and it was freestyle and um, it was the summer after my freshman year and I had never ever wrestled um, anything other than you know folk style but they were like hey it's you know if they take you down just go flat you know yeah and like, hey come and wrestle hey go boot wrestle hey right come wrestle hey <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. yeah they say hey hey come wrestle hey that's awesome but it's got to be pretty cool living right there on the Canadian border I know we uh, when I traveled when I was younger, we'd go up to like Buffalo, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. There. So, um, man, talk about. Um, I know you spoke about it a little bit, but you had a lot of injuries to overcome. What um, uh, what helped you get through those and get back healthy and and making sure you did it the right way, where you weren't coming back, where you knew you could re-injure yourself. Yeah. Um, so I've had eight surgeries, which is definitely a lot for you know being twenty, but. Um, you know, wrestling, that's kind of the, the name of the game. If you're in the sport for a long time and you don't have any injuries, I just think you're super fortunate. It's just a tough sport to be in. Um, yeah, my first injury started actually um, my senior year once I moved to OTC. Um, I just, I took a fourth at the U.S. Open um, as a high school senior. So I was just coming off that. And then we had um, junior world team trials, so body bar. And then we had senior world team trials the week after that. So it was just, um, I was in a practice with like Kevin Jackson and, and Aaron Golston. Um, we were, it was like, you know, an optional practice. And we're like, oh, you know, we'll just go really light. 
And at the end, um, I was sparring with this high school guy and, um, you know, we were in a, a high crotch position and he started to crotch lift me. So I went far ankle, but my hand was posted on the mat and then I got taken over my elbow and it was just, I knew right away, I couldn't even move my arm. You know, it swelled up like a balloon um, and I knew something was really wrong. And then we got the MRIs and uh, kind of confirmed it. And for me, that was pretty tough because that was my first kind of big injury. And uh, initially, you know, wrestlers don't normally need a UCL. Like you can, it'll scar tissue over and it's still kind of usable. So we thought, you know, give it six weeks and then, you know, try and just wrestle after that. Otherwise it would be, you know, the year surgery I ended up having to get later. So I took the six weeks and then started to come back. I really wanted to come back for Fargo since I missed, um, you know, missed senior trials and junior trials. Um, so I came back and, um, for Fargo and I'd actually had another foot surgery, um, in between there. So I was like three weeks post-op, uh, for my foot surgery at Fargo and like six weeks post UCL tear. Um, so I was training for Fargo and I started training, I was training with like stitches in my foot still. And I was, you know, definitely not, um, the best spot, but, uh, I just really, really was hungry to compete. And so Fargo, um, I definitely, it was hard. My arm was really taped up. Um, I really couldn't use my right arm that much. And I had to, to switch up my style kind of a lot. Um, you know, I couldn't defend an underhook at all. So I actually wrestled my now teammate, Alara Boyd, in the semis. And I gave up four points off of pushouts because I couldn't, she underhooks a lot. And I couldn't defend an underhook because of my elbow. So um, that was pretty tough. And then I uh, ended up, I think, getting a tech in the finals. And then, um, so I won my second Fargo title there, which was definitely a lot better than the first, I would say, because, you know, just everything I had to go through, I had like a respiratory infection that week. Um, that's when like, for some reason, my allergies, I have a lot of allergies now, but first started cropping up and I had, you know, all these allergy problems and you know, so it was just a lot of adversity to, to go through. And um, especially at kind of a young age there, I was still like 18. So that's kind of when it started. Um, and then I ended up having to get the surgery because my diagnosis was actually wrong. And I tore my UCL off the bone. So there was no chance it was going to scar over. And I, at that time, I could only lift maybe 10, 15 pounds, um, you know, in like a row. And for reference, now I row about 65 pounds. So it was just not really usable. So I got the surgery, um, ended up needing another knee surgery after that and a couple other foot surgeries. And I, it was hard. I mean, it was definitely difficult because, you know, you go from being on the mat every day and, you know, my identity was so tied up in wrestling to, you know, okay, you can't wrestle for six months, you know? So I actually, um, I traveled a lot, you know, I went to Mexico, I went to Indonesia and China by myself. Um, oh, wow. I just needed a lot of like, uh, rode some horses. Rode some horses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was only home once, but we did ride horses. Uh, so when I came back and, you know, just took some time really away from wrestling to figure out, you know, who am I, you know, without the sport, because I think for so long, I, you know, put all my eggs in, in one basket that was wrestling. And, you know, when that got taken away, I was like, man, I don't even know who Emma is. So I had to figure that out you know, and then just learning how to deal with kind of injuries and how to be smart, um, you know, because when you're you know, 18, you're pretty much invincible. You can train however you want. You know, you don't have to focus on recovery that much and you'll probably be okay. And for me, you know, I couldn't do that anymore. And even now, like, I have to be really smart about the way I train. I have to be really careful not to overdo it because um, I'll be hurting the next day. And uh, I just know my, know myself and my body a lot better now. But I think, um, big key component of that too was you know through that whole time just doing you know everything I was cleared to do so you know if I was cleared to walk I would walk if I was cleared to run 
I would run, but it was definitely difficult when you're, you know, you're in a sling, you know, two weeks post-op and you're like, man, how am I going to be a world champ when I can't even like take a shower by myself? You know, it's, it's a hard time mentally, but uh, I think I was a lot stronger for overcoming that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well said. That's, that's really cool. So, um, first of all, a few names that, that, that I read that were important to you in your life, uh, Talk about them, uh, Andrew Cook and Jordan Bartleson. Yeah, so Andy, um, I found Andy the summer after my freshman year. Um, it was my freshman year. Um, Brenda actually wrestled, Brenda Reyna, who goes to McKendry. She wrestled um, for high school about 30 minutes away from me, and I knew that Brenda and these other girls had these bandit shirts on and that all the girls that wore those shirts were really good. So after, you know, the season, kind of that summer, um, I emailed Andy and I was like, hey, like, you know, I got six at state this year, my freshman year, you know, but I really, I want to be a state champ. Like I have these goals, like, you think you can help me? And he was like, yeah, like I'll, um, you know, I'll be back from Fargo this date, you know, come train. And then the first practice uh, I was at, I was wrestling um, a couple of guys, you know, I think it was like group of three takedown stays in. And he came over and he just sat there like this and just watched for a little bit. And then after the practice, he was like, hey, you know, you have a lot of potential and like, you could be really, really good at this sport. You know, like I and he told me at the time, he's like, you know, I think you can be a world champ someday, um, which was pretty cool. And then um, Andy's always had you know a ton of confidence in me. So that's kind of when it started. You know, I started going to Bandit, training with Brenda, training with all them. And actually that club was insane you know we had um two guys make greco world teams brenda's made two world teams you know i've won college nationals and, and other stuff and so we've had a lot of hammers um come out of that club and uh yeah andy is a big part of it he was the first person that kind of uh told me to reach bigger you know than just wanting to be a washington state champ you know he put that that dream in me of like okay you can you know you can do this thing for real and, and you can be really really good at it and actually, my favorite, I think, story of Andy was uh, my first year at Folkstyle Nationals, um, which besides, you know, Fargo, Body Bar, and Folkstyle Nationals are kind of the three, you know, legit nationals for high school girls. Um, so Folkstyle Nationals, it was my first national tournament. I think I got the eight seed on a coin flip. So I barely got seeded, um, and only because I had won Washington State that year. And uh, Andy, you know, in the seeding meeting, um, I had to go, you know, eight seed gets the number one in the quarters um, who had won the tournament, I think, like two times before that. And he was like, you know, you don't want that girl. You don't want my girl on your number one seed side because she's going to take her out in the quarters, you know, like she's going to upset. <laughs> and no one knew me like I wasn't even a name or I wasn't anything. And uh, all the coaches were like, yeah, OK, dude, like whatever. And so, uh, you know, I make it to the quarters and I'm um, in this match with the number one seed and uh, like a barn burner. And then I, I take her down in overtime and, uh, and then I end up going on to win. That was my first like national tournament. And that was about a little less than a year after I started working with Andy. So he just always had, you know, a lot of confidence in me. And even now, like I'm still training with him and uh, he's still a big part of my wrestling and his input. Um, I always, it always matters a lot to me. So super grateful for him. And then Barlson, um, she was actually an opponent of mine. So she ended up, she won four Washington state titles. Um, and I think it was just kind of a turning point in my like high school career because I realized like, Oh man, like I can actually be good at this thing. Um, so my freshman year, I had her in the semis at state and she absolutely demolished me, like just not even close. Um, so I think she won her third title that year. And then uh, the next year I had her at this uh, tournament right after Christmas break in the finals. And um, 
And then I ended up pinning her, I think, in the second period. And she went on to win her fourth state title that year. Um, so I wanted to wrestle her in the state finals, but um, we didn't end up being the same weight class after that. Um, but yeah, she definitely, that match told me, you know, like, man, you could really, uh, you could really do this thing and uh, be good at it, you know. So from there, it was kind of a big confidence booster. And, and then I went on to win um, my first state title you know, that year and uh, Washington brackets for girls are, are pretty legit. I don't think people realize, um, you know, I know Callie gets a lot of hype, but, you know, my bracket, my sophomore year, I had uh, a girl who, you know, is a WCWA All-American now. She was third at Fargo. I had a cadet Fargo champ um, and I had a two-time uh, returning state champ um, in my bracket. So, you know, that's a pretty decent bracket. So, yeah, those two names definitely, you know, Andy's helped me so much in my career. And then that match with Bartleson really showed me that, like, okay, I can actually, you know, be competitive. And I always, I, I don't think I've ever asked this, but do, do, do wrestlers at your level want a competitive bracket? Or do they still look at, like, as the younger kids do, look at it and go, okay, cool, I got a buy, or I got that easy one? Or, or do you guys yeah. at your level now go, man, I, I want to be in a bracket with the best. Yeah, I mean, I always want to wrestle the best people because, you know, if your end goal is to be an Olympic champ or a world champ, you know, everything to that point is a stepping stone to get there. You know, so I think of it as like, man, if you're going to be at the world championships, you're going to wrestle someone a lot tougher than probably, you know, someone in your bracket at Fargo or, you know, at this tournament or that tournament. Um, so I always like it. And you know, my dream this year, I really, I don't know if this would ever happen because of, you know, Corona and everything, but we really wanted to have a Menlo, you know, McKendry duel. Um, so if we had a Menlo McKendry duel, I'd want to wrestle Gracie Figueroa. I know she's been wrestling 130, but Gracie, if you want to bump up, come wrestle me at 136. <laughs> Man, we have a call out. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh -huh. like all due respect to you, Gracie, you're a great competitor. I just really want to wrestle you. Ah, oh, it's awesome. I want both of you on the air at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome That's awesome, man. It's awesome. Cool. So, okay, let's get to the, the meat and potatoes of, of, of what you really want to get out there and um, talk yeah. about. There's been a big, there's been this big blow up with the inclusivity of women and men, the pay to women and men's, the, the wrestling levels. And um, I know you've really been, been tweeting and on air and, and very vocal yeah. about it. So, Man, let's hear let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, so uh, the How She Wrestles movement, um, I feel really excited to be a part of it. Basically, we're just fighting um, for inclusivity on all fronts. You know, inclusivity in the media, inclusivity in equal pay, and in uh, equal pay, you know, there is equal pay from you know USA Wrestling and and Living the Dream Metal Fund. But you know, um, I'm actually going to come out with an article on this probably in the next week or so. Um, equal pay from the NGB, which is the national governing body, is a lot different than equal pay um, as far as sponsorship opportunities, as far as, as far as you know, exhibition matches like the Flow uh, Wrestling Card on the 25th. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into having equal pay and especially, you know, equal representation in the media, you know, track wrestling, um, you know, the open mat yourself. You know, there's people out there trying to include women in media, but to be quite frank, um, we haven't felt that at all from flow wrestling which is pretty unfortunate given that they're the biggest you know media outlet in our sport and uh you know it's hard when luckily I grew up in a state you know with sanctioned women's wrestling but if you're a girl and you've only known wrestling guys you know your whole life and you know maybe you take a lot of losses because they're bigger and stronger 
it's hard not to see yourself represented in the media, you know, represented and, you know, in what we do because we are a part of the sport. And um, a lot of people don't realize this, but when wrestling was going to be eliminated from the Olympics, it was women that, um, that saved it. You know, the IOC said, okay, you need to be more inclusive to women. And that's why women's uh, Olympic weight classes went from four to six and why guys weight classes went from eight to six. So now it was kind of equal all across the board. But yeah, the How She Wrestles movement, you know, we're trying to get equal pay. Uh, I think, quite frankly, um, it's it's wrong if you're offering a male world champ, um, you know, 50 grand to wrestle in an exhibition card and you're offering someone with similar credentials that's a woman only a grand. Like to me, that's that's not acceptable and, and it's not OK. And going forward, that's something, you know, if we want to make the sport, we always say it's for anyone and everyone. Right. Like anybody can wrestle. Then we have to be inclusive of that in our actions right not only in our actions and in, in the media representation we get but in the kind of pay you're offering athletes um you know so i think it's a big part of it just fighting for equal pay uh fighting for for that representation so we can continue to grow not just women's wrestling but it's going to grow wrestling as a whole you know men's numbers have been dropping you know over the years and women's were the fastest growing sport in america so anyone that says that we're not helping the sport i think it's extremely misguided. Awesome. And, and hey, keep kicking ass, girl. I mean, keep. <laughs> Thank um, you. And how do we get? How do we get? Um, how do we get them on this show? The house that she built, or whatever you call it. The how Is she wrestled. How she wrestled. How can we get how she wrestled? Uh, yeah, so um, a good person to go to that. I mean, Adeline Gray, Julia Salada. I know Julia uh, would love to be on here. Um, another big person is Victoria Francis, um, world team member, you know, to the last two years, um, they're kind of, you know, a big part of, part of that movement. Alexis Porter is also in there. Alex Gaudet, I'm sure any of them would, would love to come on, um, and talk about it. The biggest, uh, I think proponent of women's wrestling is Sally Roberts from Wrestle Like a Girl. Um, she's always advocating for women's wrestling has put, you know, her own funds, and uh, Russell Like a Girl has helped, you know, with the sanctioning efforts and, and so much more. They do a lot for women's wrestling. So I would say Sally Roberts, for sure. You know, Julia Salata, Adeline Gray, Victoria Francis, any of those ladies, I'm sure would love to come on. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, maybe, we can, maybe we can have all of you on at the same time and just have a yeah. Um, yeah, put it together. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You got, you got my link and... Uh, even if there's not a time slot available, just reach out to me. I'll put you in wherever and um, and let's do it. We'll do like a, a big voice and I like it. Awesome. Yeah, please. I'm with it. Yeah, because that's what my purpose is. I don't care about the accolades that word wrestling. Okay? I really want to put you out there. So yeah, thank you. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I got my 10 questions. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right. Acme or Lebanon? Uh, I gotta go Acme because I've lived here for so long. <laughs> awesome. All right, the arena or the mat? The mat. All right, Rainier cherries or Washington apples? Rainier cherries. All right, a Western hat and boots or a singlet? Singlet. <laughs> Pacific Gothic or salmon? Salmon, definitely. The a flying change or stance in motion? Stance in motion. Moose or elk? Huh. Um, I've never like had either as far as like food, but I like moose. I think they're 
they got character, you know. <laughs> cool. I know I said you guys eat a lot of moose and elk. <laughs> All right. A a triangle drill or a dive roll drill? Oh gosh. I would say probably dive roll because Sam's a big monkey roll fan, so we do a lot of those. All right. Uh okay, Japanese style hot dog or Chicago hot dog? Huh. So I've never had either, but Chicago, I've seen it and it looks really good. So oh. I'm gonna get Chicago. Oh, maybe you can have one. Um, all right, a circle drill or a sprawl and shoot drill? Sprawl and shoot. So horses are way behind you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love them, but yeah, definitely wrestling is where it's at. I was trying to see like the different drills that horses do for barrel rolling. So I was trying to put them there. Yeah. Wrestling. I don't know, something fun. fun right? Yeah, something fun memories. <laughs> yeah, so that was cool. That was awesome. Um, again, I'm, I'm so honored to have you on. Um, come on anytime. Uh, bring all the girls with you. Let's do it. Let's set it up. Yeah. Uh, she okay. wrestles. Um, I'm down. I, if you don't have my, where did I reach out to you on Facebook, right? Yep. All right. I'll send you my cell number so we can keep in touch and then a link to my link tree where on Linktree you can see like different stuff. And then uh, usually at the end of the week, I move all the videos from the week. I, I mean, they all stay on Facebook, but I'll add them to uh, YouTube and Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. So uh, when I do that, I'll send all the links to you and stuff and feel free to share, feel free to jump onto Ward Wrestling Live and share. I also have a little group that I started, Ward Wrestling Live Exchange. Uh, feel free to go in there and shout out all your stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and do your thing and just thank you so much for just you know keep kicking life's ass and keep getting out there and <laughs> thank you doing your thing and i really appreciate you coming on and uh, i don't know i can't thank you enough so yeah thanks for having me it's been awesome yeah cool and uh get back to relaxing before you go back to college <laughs> yeah for sure all right you take care thank you so much yeah you too